We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Duga. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You guys know where to follow me. I'm verified. Got all that down already. Chris, talk to the people. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. All right, we have a special guest on the podcast this week, a short week as we prepare for Rams, Seahawks in week five. We have our favorite podcast guest emphasis on favorite extending her streak with the most podcast appearances as a guest she covers the rams for the athletic jordan rodrigue is in the building jordan what's going on i'm so glad that you guys mentioned the streak because i'm very proud of that to be <laughs> honest with you like i i have not missed one time and i am extremely proud of that so yeah. the streak is alive and well and i am creating space behind me so <laughs> yeah i think you've got matt barrels of the covers of niners who was on the pod last week shout out to matt you've got matt by a few episodes here so we are we are doing good. Uh, before we dive into this rivalry week, Chris, do you can I can I can Uh-oh. I embarrass Jordan real quick? Hey, yeah. do what you got to do. Yeah. Okay. Don't, so you don't don't do what so, you're gonna do. So I you know remember, what you're gonna you, do. You remember last don't, time we had don't Jordan? Don't do on? what you're gonna do. Yeah, we oh got. Um, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. You remember last time we had Jordan on, right? It and was I, over the summer. Yeah. And I uh, shouted Jordan out as a finalist for the. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. She knows where I'm going with this. Yes, uh, yes, yes. The Therese A. Paler Emerging Writer Award. Remember that. Yes. I do, and she tried to she tried to flip Down, it. She downplayed the hell out of the award, guys. Downplayed the hell out of the award. Go check our last episode. It's in the early clip. Chris, do you know who won the Therese Paler Emerging the, Writer I think award? the initials are JR. Ah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So <laughs> not only is she our favorite podcast guest, not only is uh, she our leading podcast guest, our leader in podcast guest appearances, she is the right, winner of the inaugural Therese Paler Emerging Writer Award. We don't have the uh, studio backing to add applause but we'll just do it right there <laughs> oh i can us. add to it it's easy no it's, it's okay it's it's a lot more fun if we do it that way so c- there we go congrats congrats on that no speech you can't get a speech well, i'm 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 sure you can see my cheeks are, are going right here and i'm so you did not put this to everyone watching and listening, they did not uh, warn me about this, and I—that was intentional. Uh, yeah, that was. and clearly, clearly for good reason because I'm getting so red right now, like it's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, I do want to say that um, you know any any one of us who are nominated, yourself included, Mike, 
uh, could have and should have won that award. And I think uh, just want to shout out Therese. Uh, may he be resting peacefully. We miss him. Make sure you guys go donate to his foundation at Howard University. Uh, you can find it at Howard University in the gift section. Um, make sure you guys are, anyone listening um, wants to honor a great man and his legacy, please go donate to Howard University. Um, but uh, yeah, just a huge honor. But like I said, everybody who was nominated, yourself included, was, you should have won that too. So we, we all kind of share it. See how we flipped that into got a good Therese shout out with the foundation. See that that was a good thing, Jordan. That's all right. See, yeah, you did good. It's okay. We had to we had to start. I'm the show still with that. so red too. I, can't believe, I don't know how you could have thought we weren't going to mention that. On the show. I didn't it's even okay. think about it. I didn't well, even think about it. We're gonna go. We're gonna get into some rivalry um, stuff here. The we're, we're gonna start though before we get into any rivalry stuff with all the trash talk last year. I want to talk about Stafford because we're big on quarterbacks um, on this show, and I usually ask. Is the quarterback good? I've asked you that question before. I don't want to do that with Matthew um, because I feel like he is good. You can check the numbers. I've watched him. You've watched him. Like he's he he is good. But specifically, what what difference has he made uh, in this offense? Well, let me pull out my seventy thousand page novel. <laughs> no, uh, it's, no offense to anyone else who previously ran the offense, but um, yeah, I think like first and foremost, the fact that you don't have to ask me that says a lot. Um, <laughs> first time I think I yeah. haven't asked that, so yes, that's good. Yeah, Progress. so streak. That's a streak that can be broken. That's fine. Um, the other, but, but with Matthew, um, there's several several phases of this, and I think we also have to kind of take out his performance in this last loss to Arizona, his, his specifically, we could focus on other facets of it where the Rams were not good, but specifically his, I think um, I, I've been kind of noting this since he got here. It's like, it's going to be a process. Like he's putting the pieces together. Uh, even his leading receiver in Cooper cup still um, technically you only th have thrown the ball to him 35 times in live, live action or how, how, whatever his target share is right now, even though it seems high relative to the rest of the league, that's still, live snap wise, that's still only, you know, 30, 35 times. So putting that in context of um, they're still putting the pieces together, he's going to make mistakes. Um, but that leads me to one of the most important things about bringing him in was how he problem solves in real time and how he and Sean McVay collaborate in that problem solving, where you get the sense that there aren't no answers to things. There aren't there aren't uh, answers to problems or questions that they face. No, we can't do that. We have to rule out that phase of the playbook. We have to rule out that section, rip those pages out. And you don't get that sense now. You get the sense that they're asking, well, why not now? Or could we try? Or how about we do this? And so that's that's a huge difference when it comes to how they're putting things together. You can really see him stacking pieces and stacking blocks together all throughout the spring and all throughout the summer. Not every day was pretty. There was a practice against the Raiders. He threw three interceptions. Um, however, that Raiders defense, I think, surprised a lot of people. But still, you know, you have a three interception day. The next day he comes out and, and he tears it up in, in a joint practice. And so it, it's one of those things where you can see where he is, is troubleshooting in real time, problem solving, and you can see the adjustments start to happen in game. The other side of that too, and, and maybe one of the, if not the most important thing, one of one of the most important things is everything he can do pre-snap and post-snap, not just with his uh, alignment, not just physically, but with his mind as well. And that kind of ties into the troubleshooting and the problem solving, but also the way that he is able to activate all five eligibles on the field, the things that they can do, you know, they're not, they don't have tendency tells anymore out of certain alignments. Like for example, 
certain tendencies that that the Rams started to show, particularly with Jared Goff, is you know if he were if he was under center, like if he would probably be it'd probably be play action pass or a run, right? Mm-hmm. And if he was in gun, you you knew what was coming. Like you pretty much knew every time they're in gun, and they very rarely ran uh, sort of creative things or different things out of gun. The play action, he's turning his back to the defense every single time, almost all except for three of his play action snaps since 2017 were from under center, which means he is literally flipping his back to the defense and then flipping around. Defense is starting started to learn and get wise to that and make things sort of murky while he was facing them and then change really quick when he was not facing them and just different pressure, different pressures that could be activated and stuff. Well, now when you have a quarterback who is running a lot of stuff out of gun, um, at times, not even dependent clearly on the play action against Tampa Bay. They barely ran any play action and he just dropped back and threw it the hell downfield every single time. And so they're showing you that they're doing a lot of different things out of a lot of different alignments. But then you also factor in, well, Sean McVay is still going to run a lot of pre and post snap motion. He's still going to make a lot of things look the same and call plays and series and sort of pods. And you're, you're still adding that element to the offense, but now you're sort of expanding, um, all of the all of the various offshoots that can come out of those sort of key foundational elements um, in, in Sean McVay's offense and as well as some of the stuff that he's able to do with his arm, the, the different angles he can find, the way he throws guys open, the windows he finds, um, you know, some of the some of the ways he's able to hold safeties and linebackers uh, with his eyes. Um, you know, I, I would say, again, ruling out this last game against Arizona, some of the things he was doing um, just creatively, I think, were we're pretty telling of where this offense is, is moving. And I think they're, they're pretty stoked about it. You know, I got to ask about what happened on Sunday against the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, that at, was, that was at the yeah, he was not good. That was, he was not good. <laughs> he was not good. And Seahawks fans are wondering, well, what the hell did the Cardinals do that made it such a tough day for him? Or was it something that he just had a bad game, which is definitely a possibility where players come out and they have bad games, just like in the NBA. A lot of players have bad shooting nights for whatever the reason may be, but next game they come out hitting on all cylinders. What happened in that game? Was it something that he just had a bad night, bad game, or was the Cardinals scheme, what they had game planned, really effective against him? So I, a couple of things. I think their corner, uh, Byron Murphy, had like is having a hell of a season, and he had one of the like uh, I haven't watched a ton of his games, but in terms of games of his, I have watched the bet one of the best ones I've seen against. Matthew Stafford and the way he was reading receiver leverages and the way he read Deshaun Jackson, knowing full well that Deshaun Jackson would probably be able to have one to two steps and how to on him and how to leverage that into kind of forcing Matthew to make a throw he didn't want to make. He talked to us after the game and he's like, there's two throws I could have made on that. I thought that um, Deshaun, I thought that Byron Murphy was coming over the top um, of Deshaun Jackson and therefore he wanted to throw it, uh, underthrow him a little bit. Uh, in my mind, I'm not a quarterback, never played quarterback. In my mind, just throw it as far as you can for Deshaun Jackson every time. That's my personal opinion. But in this way, in this case, if you look at the way that uh, Byron Murphy had like angled his body on the play, it looked like he was going to try to make a play over the top. And then at the last second, he broke underneath and was able to secure the, the interception on a throw that he sort of baited Matthew to take, which was very, very smart play. The rest of it though, I really think that a lot of it, if not most of it, was just Matthew missing throws, missing his guys. They're still figuring out 
um, one of the one of the issues that happened was, um, you know, on a on a crucial play, I think it was a third down. Cooper Cup like stumbled out of a break, mm-hmm. and instead of continuing the motion forward uh, with the throw, uh, Matthew underthrew him because he thought he was going to hit the the catch point was going to be at the stumble point instead of Cooper recovering and keeping going. And that's just stuff that you learn and you develop and you feel people out. And, and I think um, that's that's a process that's still happening. So um, that and I also will disagree until I am, you know, in the ground uh, on some of the calls that were made as well. Okay. Uh, some of the fourth down situations um, and some of the ways that they didn't help themselves in a crucial period. They lost like 21 win probability percentage in the second quarter um, <sighs> off of things that um, things that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals were doing very, very well, but they could have made up some of that uh, with some of the decision-making that they failed to do in terms of um, seven passes on a failed drive, you know, just different, not running the ball, just different things that, that they could have uh, made decision-wise that I think just didn't, uh, didn't happen. And that happened late in the game as well. And then Kyler, uh, you know, I know we're talking about the offense right now, but Kyler Murray, uh, what a heck of a game. That dude's a problem. Kyler's Holy a crap. He's I mean, it was, it was nuts watching that because you just, you, there's, what do you do? Even when their linebacker, who's like, uh, he's very, he's fast laterally. Like he, Kenny Young, he moved really well. He's that 41. Is he 41? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. perfectly, did you see that play? Like perfectly yes. diagnosed that long third down. It was like a third and 14. Perfectly diagnosed it. Uh, shed the clump in the box, like uh, was able to not, not get caught up in the stack and like was read the play all the way. Knew Kyler was going to th- run the, run the ball out to the sideline and was in perfect position. And then Kyler just hits that other gear mm-hmm. that you're just like, Oh no, you know, devastation. Right. And so I think that that, that some of the things, and, and, and I know we'll get to this in a minute and he was able to really be selective and pick specific spots against the secondary where he wanted to put the ball and they weren't able to dictate in that way based on the matchup. So I think that um, a lot of those things happen at once, but the offense could not make up for some of those lost, lost angles, lost issues, lost, lost moments um, on defense. And when Sean McVay brought in Matthew Stafford, the whole idea was we know we're going to probably regress on defense um, a little bit because everybody does, you know, especially if you run the number one system and then you have a complete turnover, like you, you probably are going to regress but we need to bring in the quarterback who is going to sort of mask that regression and keep us in the green far enough to when we're in the red in other phases. But the offense could not do that. Um, and Matthew Stafford, I think, and, and some of the drops and some of the things that didn't work execution-wise, some of the play calling that was questionable, I think it just was a perfect storm of uh, a cacophony of errors is what I called it. Ooh, cacophony. Like yeah. Damn. Good vocab. My English teacher in high school would be very proud. Shout out Miss States. She was like, <laughs> States, okay. Yeah, see, I pulled that up. She was my favorite teacher. Um, when I watched the Bucks game against Rams Bucks, that's when I saw what Jordan just mentioned that like there's some trust here with Matthew that was mm-hmm. not there with Jared because you're right there was no there was no play action it was just hey just throw it I trust you like that yeah. is way step different back than and shoot it put... downfield man go yeah, for it yeah. the kid wrong with Jared <laughs> essentially it was like here I'm a baby you play action here's your first read just throw it Robert's gonna be open now it's just like dude I don't care who you throw it to you're so damn good. Like that, and then except for the Cardinals game where he was just, yeah, just just missing guys. This is the part of the show with we talk about Stafford where Seahawks fans are not gonna like because it's a really good thing for Matthew that is probably most important um, this week with a quick turnaround. Is you had a story about how how do I want to summarize this? It's basically about how Matthew re- rebounds from bad plays, right? In particular, and 
This that a lot like, of people yelled at me for. <laughs> hey, why do people yell? I thought that was really good. Why did no, you yell well, at I appreciate, that? I appreciate it. Because I think people saw the graph and the data was presented as this was neither, uh, it didn't make, the data didn't make you a good quarterback overall in your career. The data point was representative of specific action after, like performance after critical error. Mm -hmm. um, and people saw the graph and they were like, Mark Sanchez is close to Stafford. This means this is terrible. I don't want that. <laughs> But, oh, okay. but that wasn't what the graph was indicating in terms of overall. It was how you respond. Anyway, continue. Yeah, it was, I, I was like, I, no, stop yelling at me. I got to well, No, that, that people, oh, wow. I mean, I, I guess I get that. But I, but I, mean, I can understand seeing that and being like, whoa, what? Yeah. But I, I read the whole thing thinking this is really fascinating. Um, I think Russell is very similar. I think I might have tweeted that yeah. actually. That Russell's pretty similar in that like when he has a mistake, he flushes it really well. It's like it never happened. Mm -hmm. At the same time, learning from um, the mistake. And this isn't obviously you're not going from one play to the next, but he wasn't good on a Sunday. And now he has to play on a Thursday. Does the same did I don't know if you if the research said this. Is Matthew the same way? Like does he does he bounce back the same way after a bad game in totality? Does the number suggest that he does that well as well? Yeah, and we we looked at a big enough sample size to where it was um, three plus plays post interception or post negative play, and so far he's been aligning with that. Not just himself, but I mean he's only thrown I think what uh, two interceptions so far this year. But so it's small sample size, but then also um, performance after critical error in terms of the offense as a whole, the negative plays. Um, what that does, having someone who does all the things that I described at the beginning of the podcast. Um, the way that the McVeigh Shanahan system works is you call plays in like, I call them pods just because I think it's a funny word. Um, and it's basically in series, right? And so um, each one connects with each other. So in the past, when you'd have a negative play, you'd have to scrap the pod and start over, right? And um, in this case, you can continue to build off of the series-based calls and continue to build a, a call menu, essentially, because you're not having to refresh and, and start over everything after uh, an error. And so that's where you're seeing, um, to answer your question, wh where you're seeing some of that data start to show up is the things that they're still trying and still able to do following um, following an, an error of that nature, not just an interception, but a negative play, a negative run play, um, something like that, because you have a less limited menu of options on the call sheet at this point um, following an error. And it matches perfectly with, match, with what Matthew has historically done, which is um, have, you know, he has the highest completion percentage post-interception. And it's funny because I'm a glass half full person, right? Mm -hmm. You guys know this about me. Mm -hmm. And I think like for me, I was like, Oh, cool. That's, you know, post interception. And I was like, you know, I get it. Cause some people will look at this and be like, wow, uh, that's a lot of interceptions. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> no, there's that, there's that part yeah. of it too. Yeah. So I, and so I get that, but I think, um, it, it clearly was, I mean, it was just trying to extrapolate and people only read 45% of the piece, by the way, we can see those things. <laughs> So basically they stop at the graph and they get mad and then they comment and then ah, that's, that's it. good they're, analytics they're, right they're there. Gone. Is, yeah. That's it's good. Like, we listen to the data over here, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, it's it, to your point, like you can see it so far. They're not, they don't, they're not feeling limited and um, they're going out there and um, after a negative play or things that don't go well. And, and after this interception, now it, it, they could not put anything together in this Cardinals game. So um, again, I, I feel like that's a little bit of an outlier, but in general, 
when there have been adverse situations. And, and I think my best sample size comes from watching him in camp because that's where they, they practice as live as they can within league parameters. And that's something that's been really, really important over the last couple of years. I don't know a lot of teams that practice in the same way or haven't heard of a lot of teams that practice in the same way that they do in terms of the way that they style some of the competitive periods. They have this thing called the Mamba period that's um, hyper-paced, hyper-competitive period. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, like I was just about yeah, to say the same the thing. The Mamba period. I'm surprised yeah. Russ hasn't thought of that yet. <laughs> yeah, and I, and um, and it's it's interesting the way that they practice with tempo and and um, aggression and and um, and they call things as if it were a live game and they force the defense to respond in certain ways. And um, so watching that sample size, um, that defense would really stink to go against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. You're like, wait, these guys are on my team. I don't want to play against them. <laughs> but um, but doing that so frequently um, throughout the course and, and particularly in condensed portions of the field to compound that competition level and that energy, um, that's where I saw it start to make a difference. Um, I remember beginning of the uh, uh, beginning of training camp, their first red period where they went best on best. Um, and Jalen Ramsey made an insane play to pick off Matthew uh, on a ball intended for who else? Cooper cup and ran it all the way back, flipped it to Aaron Donald who then somersaulted into the end zone. And um, it was just so much flair and, and flourish and everything. Well, Matthew Stafford comes back and starts to deal uh, and he sets up, exactly. yeah. he sets up two plays, uh, two touchdowns in the red period um, to the same corner of the end zone. I was standing right there in that corner, two plays through heavy traffic where Cooper was his second read. Um, and then the other time was his third read. And so that, that our data also showed that he goes to his more complex read or hit later in the progression following an interception um, at a higher rate than um, all but three other quarterbacks in, in that sample size that we pulled. Um, so he's basically daring the defense to make him make a play uh, mm. or he's daring the defense to, to show him a similar look um, or, or bait him into a similar look. And he's going to make the other look. And that's what he did in this red period was um, he, he set up. And again, remember they're in series. the play calls are in series. So it's a pod, right? So mm -hmm. he sets up two of the, two of the three in the series and he sets Cooper up on one side. And then he looks to that corner of the end zone and has a no look pass over the top to <laughs> Daryl Henderson for a touchdown. And that was the first time I've ever stared down the barrel of one of those things in person. <laughs> And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that dude, he's different. He's, he's yeah. definitely got arm talent. But That's what arm what talent you, is. You guys feel watching Russell Russell Wilson every day in practice. Like, I mean, it's it's just I, I'm not sure if if you would get used to it after a while, but it's just you know that that level, that standard that's set every single day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So... Uh, Chris, I want to I want to talk about the rivalry a little bit. I Here we go. Re- I just want to recap it a, a little gonna bit. Get, I'm going to get tweeted at now again. You, you, won't. Do this, you do this to you me won't. every time. I just want to <laughs> recap it a little bit because I was I wrote a story. By the time people hear this, uh, now it'll be out. I just wanted to run it down for everyone because I, I forgot all the tweets from the Seahawks players. I remember uh. what the Rams said. So for the brief rundown. Yeah, this Jordan is good. I, I need this refresher. Yeah. This oh, is well, good. It's, I yeah. had to go find some old tweets and stuff to <laughs> old videos. So when the Seahawks beat the Rams in week 16, uh, the clincher division. That's when DJ Reed, cornerback for the Seahawks, is on the sideline. Like, I need my hat and shirt. He's like, I need my hat and shirt. I don't know why he was so excited about a T-shirt, but it symbolized that they won the NFC West. And Jamal Adams yells to the camera, says, "I need my cigar. Where is my cigar at?" And then he lights a cigar in his press conference, which I didn't think it was that disrespectful at the time, but it wasn't until after the wild card game when Jalen Ramsey screams, "I got it written right here." He says they can take their hats and shirts to Cabo. Mm. Yeah. There's someone else on the screen. I can't remember who it is. Um, he says, yeah, and they can keep their cigars too. And then Jalen adds, uh, yeah, they can keep their little hats and T-shirts. Someone says, we sent their ass home. Says they can go to Cabo for the rest of the offseason. And see, I didn't. it didn't hit me. I don't know if it hit you guys how disrespectful the smoking of the cigar was. Well, and, and my ch- that didn't feel like anything in real time, right? I think of championship you want it all when you smoke the cigar. That's a, true. There are a lot of iconic images when there's national champions, yeah. NBA yeah. finals. That's when you light the cigar. That's true. But to Jamal's point, he was fair. He's never made it to the postseason, let alone won anything. So for him, that was his cigar moment. Maybe now that he's understood, he understands that if they if the Seahawks do win the division, he won't do that. He'll just be like on to the next. But that was his first taste of oh, this is what it's like. Success. Yeah. Success. I get it. Was he wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think in real time, Jordan, seeing that? I just thought, oh, gonna get the popcorn <laughs> out, like just because. I mean, I don't, I don't care. Celebrate how you want to celebrate. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not the one playing. If I'm the one playing, then you know. Yeah. The thing that I I find so great about all of this, and Mike, I know I've talked to you about this before. These guys pretend they don't look at anything, mm. but they see. Everything. everything see all of it everything of it. everything KJ, kj writes a great example we were talking mess person we, we were just saying he's a little old you know we we're like we don't know if kj can do this this was two years ago yeah, we said he had bad knees and, and free agency. He, he did not like that he got on twitter and was like i need to come on your pod yeah. we were like oh bet the doors are always open Please. we'd since, love to have you yeah since then we've built a good relationship we understand where he's coming from but we 
when you said players read and see and hear everything, we attest to that 100%. Here's, so this continued after the, yes. I mean, the Rams season ends a week later. <laughs> I mean, it didn't like they didn't march on come to, Cabo to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. After that, uh, Quandre Diggs, uh, he tweets, don't worry, this Cabo sun will thaw y'all out. Remember, it was cold in Green Bay. Uh, he said, this Cabo sun will thaw, you, thaw y'all out. Make sure buddy with the foggy glasses comes to. I don't know. I meant to ask you. I wonder who that, yeah. You don't know now who that, that is? I don't know who that is. I wonder who that is. I wonder I'm, who that's about. I'm gonna I'm trying ask, to think. Uh, I'm trying to think of who wears. I don't know who wears glasses on the team. I will say though. I will say, this all came full circle for the Rams, and not in a way where it will on Thursday. It oh. came full circle for the Rams because where did Sean McVay oh. force a trade for Matthew Stafford in the off season? Oh, I didn't even put with that Matthew together. Stafford at the same hotel. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Cabo. Wow. Damn. <laughs> wow. Can someone say bring the hammer? I didn't even put that. To, wow. That's a mic drop almost. But so it, 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 it all came full circle. It continues a little. Jamal Adams also says, <laughs> see y'all in Cabo. He actually tagged the Rams Twitter, <laughs> which is wild. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, that's a, a lot. bold move. Yeah. He also added, which was my favorite comment, perhaps at all of this. He says, make sure y'all bring your own damn cigars. too." <laughs> that was that was great and then i asked jamal the day actually he got his contract i said are you looking forward to the rams matchup because that was the first time i had talked we'll to him since that tweet. Get there. it was eight minutes it was eight months later but it was still yeah. on my mind because i remembered that particular comment he said when do we see him week five yep we'll see him then and that was kind of it i asked him about after they beat the niners and he kind of played it off because i think they've kind of understood like hey let's not be out there like give that any, again give any roasting opportunity because if it goes wrong i mean the social media teams out here are ruthless <laughs> i am terrified i'm gonna wake up one day and someone has taken like some sort of message i've conveyed from a coach into the twitter world and used mm. it in a in a like celebration video or something like some of these some of these things i think the saints had one uh against the packers or something happened i think it was saints packers the saints had one where a writer a writer had like communicated something that a coach or a player had said, or maybe it was his own opinion, and they used it in the victory tweet. And I was like, that's my worst fear right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> or when the when the team account like shows the predictions and they just put like, they have some snarky emoji you're, or something. You're like in that. those. You do those for us. You do Yeah, I do. You? I do, do the expert those. predictions. Yeah. yeah, that could get hopefully they don't the find Chargers me. got you. I don't know if you saw they that. hope they don't find you. Did the Chargers get me? The Chargers got you uh two weeks ago and I was like, Oh, I did the Leo DiCaprio pointing at the screen thing. So oh, like, oh, because I But it was a group. Chiefs. Yeah, it was a group. You were with a bunch of other people. So that's, you weren't the only right. one. Yeah, I didn't the uh, it's totally off topic, but since you mentioned the Chargers, did you guys see the Chargers tweet when they beat the Raiders? Yes. The great tweet. One, baby. Great. It was great. They had a couple of really good ones out there. They're on a roll uh, right now. Yeah, Their Twitter account's good. Yeah. Them and the Panthers have really good. Um, Panthers are good. Yeah. Twitter accounts. One more on the rivalry. Uh, Jamal Adams was asked, like, hey, you sure the Cabo stuff ain't bothering you? He was like, nah. At the end of the day, they was at Cabo with us. And they actually literally were. That's where the coach got Stafford. I didn't know that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wow, that's going to improve my team in this Cabo. Is, this is good. That's like yeah, my Joke's favorite. on you. Joke's on you. I'm going to improve my team. <laughs> Cabo's a place to be. Chris, we should go to Cabo. Man, what's going to happen? We'll have a million subscribers uh, on YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> we should do a show in Cabo. Cabo with Jalen Ramsey uh, and DK at Metcalf. Actually, that should be our two guests. That and would that, be uh, quite the show. That's a perfect segue into 
the best matchup here. I mean, it's Aaron Donald and Russell are probably the two best players in this game. Yeah, probably. Yeah, let's go with that. Mm -hmm. But they don't face each other directly as much as it's just Aaron stomping on Russell's face every now and again. That's usually the extent of their uh, embraces, whereas Jalen and DK spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. going up against each other. I'm going to read some numbers here. Um, I don't like to read a ton of numbers on the show, but this is fun. Uh, this is the, the, I mean, this is the most fun matchup. We'll see. I mean, it's just, it's so fun. I mean, we get so excited over this every year. Every, I know because DK is so good. Yeah. He, he averages like, I think I looked it up. Um, he averages 72 yards a game Mm -hmm. uh, for his career and 4.5 yards a catch per game, including the playoffs. He averages 28 yards Mm. against Jalen Ramsey and 2.2 catches per game in four career games against Jalen. That is absurd. Think about that. Like that, and he doesn't have a touchdown. He doesn't have a touchdown against Jalen at all. Yeah, that's a drop. All right, that is goodness. So his he he had five targets, five catches, sixty nine yards, two first downs in their first matchup. That was in Sunday Night Football. Rams just boat raced the Seahawks, uh, twenty eight to twelve. Seahawks didn't even score a touchdown on offense. Week ten last year down in L A. Two targets, donut. Donut, man. That was rough. And that's when we talked about how to get him open. Move him around. Don't have him standing there. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get to how the Rams have <laughs> yes, countered well, that. Remember, oh, absolutely. That was when that was when it the light bulb finally went off. People were writing about this and were doing such a great job writing about it. But in terms of visualizing it and what the success could be of the production, that was when um every, like the entire world started to wake up to the fact that the um the Rams were pattern matching and they were matching routes when they were coming down, like playing from depth, because that was the one where uh, Darius Williams had the pick six off the screen, off the bubble screen where they tried to sort of stack DK away. And that was one where I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a pick six off a screen like that before where the corner comes all the way down from the overhang and like, cause you don't risk it usually, but he, but then he said, and then he was talking about how they literally did that. It, play that exact same play in practice and and all of this and um i was like yeah because they're pattern matching <laughs> brandon staley's gonna leave now so, yeah no brandon yeah. staley brandon staley broke the seahawks i want to put that out he I really, break your spirit and then your a, body there's a few dudes that are that hit the unemployment line almost solely because the seahawks played the rams three times in nine <laughs> weeks I, i'm not even joking like that was so that was so rough wasn't it last year that's that was those were some matchups though uh yeah i'm pretty sure that that that's that run of three games in nine weeks against the Rams might have caused Mike Ayupati to retire. Like he I can't do this anymore, guys. Like three weeks, <laughs> three three games in nine weeks against Aaron Donald. I'm out of here too. You know, and that was, they also played the Niners after the, the first fifteen the, minutes. Hey man, I think I'm yeah. Up. I, think I just good. sit down on the field. I'm like, hey. yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd retire uh, as, <laughs> yeah. as well to finish up Jalen. Um, in the last two matchups, he totaled eight targets. This is all against. Uh, D- just DK's numbers against Jalen, not for the okay. games, because you guys are going to look. Th- people are going to look up the numbers and be like, "Wait, DK scored two touchdowns in the mm-hmm. wild card." Not game. against Jalen. Not against Jalen. Okay, mm-hmm. that's very important. That's the matchup here: eight targets, four catches, forty-four yards, one first down. Ramsey has two pass breakups. In in he's almost getting his hands on the ball as much as DK, at least half as often. And he as- plays. When you put it like that, that is brutal. <laughs> yeah, no, Jalen's yeah. real. He is. He's. Re- I think he should be higher on the top 100. I think he was number 13. I think he's a top 10 player, if not, if not higher. Now, uh, Jordan, can you tell us about the star position that they have, mm-hmm. Jalen playing? Because he's not just, oh, be on the outside against the other team's best X receiver outside the numbers. 
he's everywhere. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, and it's interesting. I'll get to a little mini rant here in a minute based on this Cardinals game. But um, the star, I mean, it's everyone plays some version of it. And certainly in college, everyone plays some version of it. But what Brandon Staley's version of the star was supposed to do and how they've sort of evolved deeper in the playbook that they knew was his evolution plan for the position, even with him out of the building now and Raheem Morris has taken over, um, is the the top corner, in this case, Jalen Ramsey, um, can move with um, almost like near autonomy. And it's not like he's just saying, I'm going to move, so here I go. Um, but he can cover a wider space on the field. The idea is, um, if I wouldn't call it even really necessarily a true slot position because he is moving so frequently um, into different coverage spaces, whether they're in zone um, or man or whatever kind of their, their leverages are. And he's blitzing a little bit, which I think is Raheem. That is where you see Raheem Morris's uh, wrinkles come in in terms of he, he, we know he really likes to design pressure. So uh, Brandon Staley, not so much. So that's where you see specifically the, the difference in the wrinkles. But the star position, um, it, it, it almost is a position that it's been around forever, but it can really evolve as the player does. And it really matches sort of the thumbprint of what the player wants to leave on the defense in the sense where, um, we talked, I remember last year, all year about how the, the coverage solar system sort of just orbits around Jalen. Well, that's not been more true, um, than this year because you're rotating guys around wherever he is on the field. Um, and on the one hand, that's intended to get him closer to the ball on every snap, not just mm -hmm. passing downs. Um, he is one of the few corners in the league that can affect the run in the way that he so physically does. Um, he can tackle in space better than most players I've ever seen. Um, and at times, you know, they're even having him come off the edge and, and all of that, which I'd rather have him in a passing down like <laughs> on the receiver personally, but you know, they're trying it and, uh, he's gotten, he got very close to Tom Brady on a couple of snaps. Um, so there, and then when, you know, when he is in the star and, and the idea is not put him in the slot, leave him in the slot against the slot receiver. That's the big misconception that I'm sort of dealing with right now in, in terms of reaction from the Cardinals game, because it's not, Hey, he's the slot player. Now it's if the best receiver is in the slot, he is the slot defender. Right. Which and, makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Right. And when that best player either motions away from the slot motion somewhere or aligns elsewhere, because almost, you know, all, all of the top, most high powered offensive teams now have receivers who can do a variety of things. And some even have tight ends who can do a variety of things. But you're going to have receivers who don't just stick out on the outside in the X and just run downfield every time. And by moving the receiver around, it was a mathematical advantage for an offense to be able to do that because you're creating your own leverages, your own plus ones against the defense who has to figure out how to cover that player from various places on the field. You don't necessarily always have the defenders for with Jalen by allowing him to play this position, you're creating a plus two against that plus one because he can be in the slot as needed. He can be outside as needed, and then he can move uh, in run support. He can he can go wherever that receiver goes, but he also can contain more space around the field. And I kind of look at it as like, uh, I visualize it as like he, um, it, it's like a, a radius around him, right? And the quarterback is always going to try to fit away the ball away from where that mm -hmm. giant aura is around him. Right. Because he has such a wide range of, for coverage. 
quarterback's going to try to put the ball well away from that. And when you allow him to widen his coverage range, whether it's close to the line of scrimmage, so he's affecting the flat, he's affecting some of the short game stuff that teams have to ultimately do against the Rams because they put a roof over the back of the defense. When you're allowing him to affect the flat just as much as you're allowing to affect the outside, um, you have very limited places where you can put the ball. Kyler Murray was very effective in exploiting those very limited spaces, not only because they have two really tall receivers that they could put on the outsides, they also have effective interior players and Kyler Murray who yeah. and Chase Edmonds, who you can use effectively. So they then recreated the mathematical advantage and picked on David Long all day because he is 5'10 and A.J. Green is like 6'4 and mm-hmm. healthy. And so um, back to my back to my point, he basically helps revert not only neutralize what an offensive mathematical advantage was, but he adds a plus one on the defensive side and being able to do that. And so when people say, no, 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 you, I need to see Jalen on the outside, isolated against the top receiver, the top receivers, not staying on the outside anymore. Not anymore. Nope. And, and so you can't, if, if you keep him in one spot, you give the quarterback the ability to ignore him the mm-hmm. entire game. And you see in his target share, I'm in true media, shout out to the athletic. (laughs) We're in true media right now. And he is being targeted at a higher rate of frequency than he has been for like the last three seasons um, already so far in terms of the the frequency rate so far in the season, he's affecting more passes. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they were hoping to do. Now, the other side of that predicates on your corners, your other corners playing well and uh, make breaking up passes and being uh, stout matchups against whichever sort of the coaches will scheme someone else on these guys in hopes that th- this is where they will have success. And particularly when it's outside the numbers. And that's where you saw the Cardinals have a ton of success because D- David Long was not making those plays and the Rams put that, you know, it's kind of honestly, it's kind of their fault too, because they put that on tape against the Cowboys Cowboys sent every receiver they had who was over six feet out on the outside against David Long and broadcast it on the Cowboys.com and exploited that. And so you just see Cliff Kingsbury like rubbing his hand. I didn't mean it in a mean way. They put that man on the summer jam screen. Raheem Morris brought it up and Raheem Morris brought it up in his press conference today. Um, And, you know, it's just a it's a it's a fluid situation. But basically, if you have any length on the outside at receiver, more than one player, then that's how teams will try to, again, flip this mathematical advantage that I've been talking about with Jalen. But the thing about Jalen is that it's not like he's going to be forced to stay in the slot or close to the line of scrimmage. He will travel with DK Metcalf in parts of this game. It's just that if the Rams have a read on a play, like, again, they're still playing visually and they're still route matching and they're still doing all of these different things if they have a read on a play where they don't believe the ball is, and they they could be wrong. Sometimes they were wrong on Sunday against Arizona a couple of times. If they don't believe the ball is going to DK Metcalf, particularly in crucial, crucial patching situations, um, then you'll see him maybe aligned elsewhere. And then um, sort of try, they'll try to sort of trip up Russell Wilson and, and um, Shane Waldron in those ways. So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, That was my rant. It's done. But I, I I mean, it's just a fascinating uh, and and the way that that position will continue to evolve. And then if they don't have the personnel to fix some of the problems that you saw on Sunday, they're going to have to revert to something a lot more simplified, um, which is not what they want to do in terms of pushing this defense forward. You did mention what Ryan Morris said 
earlier on Wednesday regarding some of the play in the secondary. However, there might be some changes outside of what you mentioned with what George, what Ramsey's doing right now this season. With that being said, is that a concern for the secondary as they're going up against this Seahawks offense that they've they're up and down? They started really bad, really poorly on Sunday, but they're looking to bounce back against this Rams defense, which is still pretty good, especially what they have up front. But would you say this is a concern for maybe the the entire season or maybe just this matchup in general with DK, Tyler Lockett, Freddie Swain, and now that DS Gridge is healthy coming, coming back from his concussion injury? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, it's a great question and one they have to answer in a short week, right? Because they put it on tape that if you have more than one athletic, lengthy receiver and you, you scheme him up against the, a specific player who's not making plays on the ball, maybe at the rate that they had hoped that he would, then that's that's your go every single time. And particularly what was the problem as well was that Kyler was able to select those pretty much scientifically and at will. And a part of that was because the pressure wasn't getting there, particularly up the middle, and they had a, a good plan for Aaron Donald that game. And, um, yeah, whoever the Cardinals, the Cardinals' interior linemen were that game, probably tripled their game check just in one, yeah, in one game. Yeah. No, the they Cardinals played, were really sharp in that game. Yeah. They, 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 they really played good. like the game. I mean, they, they, this first time in six, six matchups, they beat Sean McVay. So they uh. played their butts off. Yeah. So credit, definitely credit to them. But um, yeah, it, it, I think it's a problem because if you have versatile receivers, like most teams in the NFC West do now, and particularly you have some size and, and, and maybe some length um, and you can scheme away it's, it's such a sl- small sliver of space that you have where Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey are not. But if you can find it and then the quarterback can pick at it at will or even selectively in important spots, that's where you run into a huge problem. So um, Raheem Morris, and, and to your question, Raheem Morris was talking about that today. And I just I straight up asked him, I said, you know, what's the what's the line you walk between getting guys settled in and into a rhythm and knowing that they have to grow with live snaps and making changes. And he was talking about how everybody's being evaluated all the time, even on a short week. Um, and then another reporter said, so how's David Long doing? Oh, and, man. <laughs> Who said the quiet part out loud. Uh-oh. And uh, and Raheem Morris was like, that was the most obvious setup question of all time, uh, which was fair because it was. And um, he basically put David Long on notice, but he did it in a way where I thought was still supportive of who David is as a player and his growth process. Um, and I, I put it out the uh, transcript of that out on my Twitter. If anybody listening to this or watching this is interested, um, I thought he, if he had to, if he had to put a player on notice, which clearly he felt he had to, because otherwise he could have pulled the, what the Sean McVay move always is, which is like put it back on himself every time and say something like, I've got to put our guys in a position to be successful. But instead what he'd said was uh, that, you know, David Long, they saw that he had a bad practice and that was the one that he was referring to was that Cowboys practice. And then he came back, he bounced back and was better. And he was. Um, And then he said, 
basically there are guys that will be competing with him for the job. Um, and I, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but um, he also said it in a way that expressed his belief in the continued growth process of, of David. Um, the complication that comes into this is that the rookie who is directly behind David on the roster, uh, Robert Rochelle, um, he's a fourth round pick. And um, Raheem Morris told the staff uh, before the draft that there would be, you know, five, six defensive players that he personally had on his list um, that would, if selected, get him to jump fully clothed into the pool at the Malibu draft house. And what? Robert Rochelle was one of those players. Numero uno. Yeah. Whoa. And oh, also fully they clothed, ran... you said, right? Uh, yeah. Right? And okay. I don't know if it okay. happened or not. No one will answer me. I doubt it happened, honestly. I think it's just this thing coaches say when they're fired up. But like it, <laughs> it, like it, it, it's interesting when you bring that dynamic into it because then you also – um, I, I did uh, a scouting series on their fourth round picks because these are the guys who they really um, this new age scouting and development process and where the things they intersect in terms of analytics and then the scouting process and personnel. And um, the fourth round is where they really have to hit on these prospects based on their team building model because they have no picks until I'm a very old woman. And so <laughs> it, it, it like it, you have to hit on those fourth rounders. And so the way that they've overhauled their process in doing so is fascinating. Robert Rochelle was one of those guys and they put his uh, measurables and it's not, it's not really things like a 40 time. It's things like GPS tracking data, uh, certain um, ways that they measure explosiveness in terms of lateral movement and, and um, the high, you know, high jump, things like that ver vertical, vertical jump and um, the power, power gradients and measurements that you have and all that sort of things that they can get now. Um, and they put it into an algorithm and uh, it's called JARS, and it's a giant data pool that they've been building over every single defensive back that they've evaluated. Um, they've got 5,000 guys in there since 2017, and you basically can juxtapose his measurables against all of those guys and come up with a build uh, of a digital, like a virtual build of who this, this guy is and what he could project into. And there were only uh, four other guys that in, in there, or three other guys it might've been four. I don't know. It's in the piece. Uh, it, I wrote it way back in the spring. There's only a couple other guys that satisfied all of the variables um, asked of this algorithm in this query. Um, one of them was Jalen Ramsey. Uh, another one was, was Derwin, Derwin James. And so that was the player comparable that they had off Robert Rochelle. And so this complicates things because he is a rookie, but he's got a ton of potential that they see. Um, he is extremely talented. Um, but what do you do? Do you go with the guy who's going to, you certainly think he will make mistakes as a rookie, or do you go with the guy that now, um, teams will target because it's on tape? You know what I mean? Tough. Yeah. That's tough for David Long. I, feel, I, I don't even know this David Long. Guy, I feel for I just... him. He's a great, he's a great dude. Like, and he works really, really hard. And, um, it just, it stinks when you see stuff like this happen, but it's also, it's not a good matchup. Like you, you can't, they, the the Rams put him on the outside with um with AJ Green, AJ Green and, yeah. like you know you can't it's just not favorable. He's but getting the shorthand of the stick. Well, he's getting literally. the Trey Flowers treatment. It sounds like yeah, he's the yeah. Trey Flowers of the of the Rams. Rams, unfortunately. Yeah, a, the, I got all fired up talking about <laughs> scouting. I'm all red now. No, I did. I liked I liked that piece too. Um, it just it's a. I think we talked about it last time you were on the show too. Like it really, they, it's a combination of numbers, but also like they're. They're just doing team building the right way, I think, uh, mm -hmm. with the Rams. We'll see, though, because if this Rochelle dude makes his first start against, like, 
Russell Wilson, that could be like could yeah. be, he could might be get put on the day. summer summer jam screen too. I mean, that's really why I feel bad for this David Long cat. But like that's Pete. That's don't Pete. feel too bad. Don't feel too bad for him because he's getting paid to play a game he loves. He has an opportunity, so don't feel too bad. But he so I don't feel like I don't feel that bad. I'm not gonna give him a hug, <laughs> but you know, COVID. But like the other thing is like that is Pete Carroll's probably main fear with the joint practices is uh, yes. putting some of that stuff. On tape, on t- especially that's his fear for hard knocks too. It's like a double whammy, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like Pete, Pete, Pete Carroll probably hear all that and be like, okay, hell no. <laughs> that's why we won't put ourselves on hard knocks. That's why we won't do joint practices. It, like that's the argument there. Well, I'm buttoning up the Jalen Ramsey thing real quick before we move to Cooper Cup. Um, King deceptive speed, King yeah, everything. Yeah, he's, mostly <laughs> King deceptive speed. Although Hunter Renfro is uh competing for the for the job lately. How hearing Jordan talk about how they're using Jalen. Is is like is in, that's how you use a guy you give twenty million dollars to a year, like you maximize the hmm, ways that you he... be referencing here. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, so I starts with a J, ends with an A. I don't, I don't, I don't say that to slight with the Jamal in particular, but I do think actually when I watch Jamal and how the Seahawks are using him, how they're using Jalen in L.A., it actually is kind of similar the way Jalen plays or Jamal plays the flat. He's in the run fits. He blitzes obviously a lot more than Jalen. Um, he plays. He actually plays middle of the field safety too. You know, too high safety. Um, hook the curl guy. Like he actually does a lot of stuff. Like it's a similar thinking. You give a guy a lot of money, put him in the middle of the field. The difference is Jalen's a really good cover guy, man to man, and Jamal's a good blitzer. But you can see why both of those guys were first round picks, top ten picks. Yeah, I be- top six picks. I believe they both were. Um, so yeah, like- and like and gone are the days where. Um- those guys are doing one thing like defenses are asking defenses are changing faster than ever. And so now it's like you build around, you build a back half around what those guys can do, not just putting them in what you already have. Um, And and especially if you're going to make, you know, if you're going to pay, have that money paid out and it's kind of the same you see with receivers and, and tight ends. Now it's like, no, and run, I mean, running backs who still get paid, right? Like when Christian McCaffrey got paid, the argument they made, was you can't not pay him because you asked him to also be a receiver. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's it, it's interesting the way that that goes. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are using Jamal the right way, but I wouldn't I hear the Jalen stuff. It's actually very similar thinking. It's put our yeah. guy as as close to the ball as we possibly can. Let him make plays. Which it makes it's called football. Put your yeah. guy near the ball. Like it, at the end of the day, football is not that it's a numbers game and it's put your guys, put your best players near the ball on offense yeah. and defense. That's the goal. Mostly like ninety percent of the time. And I one more. I have one more bone to pick with this. With some of the the stuff that I I've been seeing after this Cardinals game too. It doesn't like the entire Rams defense. We talked about this so much. Uh, is is that it's predicated to stop the explosive pass first and foremost. But when your guys are getting picked on on the outside and you know giving up, one of them's giving up multiple explosive passing plays on one drive. The reason why it also is so effective to have Jalen Ramsey closer to the line of scrimmage and moving in that entire area, not just on one side of the field, but the entire closer to the line of scrimmage area of the field, like moving sideline to sideline as much as possible and doing some of these things is that when teams were contained by that roof that they put over the back and those two eye shells that rotate and things like that and the overhang corners, Teams had to take the 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 option that they didn't necessarily want to take, which often would be the short pass or the check down. And that you have to do that if this defense is working the way that it should. You have to do that. Well, guess what? If you have to take that pass 
and you, you have no other option to you because the, the roof over the back is working so well. And now you have to take the pass up, like right directly in front of you. Who is there now? Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Exactly. And it's just like, so it's just, it, that's, that's the point of it, but it doesn't work when they're giving up the explosive passing play so blatantly in that regard. So that's the, you know, three days to solve that problem, guys. Good luck. So. <laughs> no, thanks. Raheem Morris said, uh, I think it was in one of your pieces that it was, uh, it's like, where's Waldo locating Jalen Ramsey yeah. prior to this? And it is, it is. It's like when you watch the film, it's like, wait, where's he at? Oh, okay, he's over here. No, no, that's that's how it it's should important. That's how it should be. I do think the Seahawks are using Jamal that way, to be clear. Not a dig. It also sounds like before we get to Cup, you are getting some very heavy pushback here after the Cardinals game. No, for, I'm not. I'm personally people. not, but I also think like we, you know, it, it it's like I don't think that their plan for him is wrong, basically. Like I think that there are other it's not just about one plan for one guy. Other pieces were not you know, executing the way that they should. And that doesn't exclude the pass rush because it was not getting there um, against Kyler Murray. And so when that happens, people tend to, to you know, want to say like, why don't you write that someone should be fired? Or why don't you write that someone, right? And you're just like, well, oh, that's, I know all that's about not, that. you know, like, I mean, you've, you've dealt with it. I'm just, I'm just, oh, uh, yeah. I'm just too, I'm not tough enough to do this job. You're very tough. Yeah, you got to <laughs> really be, you got to know your stuff to write that someone should be fired. I yeah. think, especially a coach, because we just don't know what goes on in those meetings. Like who's at fault for what, who blew the call, or what you know, what's a position coach's break, you know, role in it here in Seattle. Pete Carroll controls so much of the defense. So if the defense is is you know struggling, is that a Ken Norton Jr. thing? Is that a position coach thing? Is that a Pete thing? It's hard to isolate one specific guy. You got to really know your stuff. Now a guy calling a guy to get benched, that's not that hard. That's not that. Especially yeah. here, yeah. corner just getting beat deep. That's, I'm, I'm you know. watching. The and game I too. still didn't do that. I just presented the facts, and Raheem Morris kind of said a lot of things today and in the press conference. So we'll see how it goes. But I think for me, it's like I care. Like the the um, it's the the philosophy behind this defense is really really smart, and it's what people will be moving into. And so um, it's important that like to me, it, it's like I'm trying to communicate it's not like I'm saying like, yeah, this is the perfect way to do things every time. But I try to, at least I'm trying to communicate like, this is how, this is why they think that this works and they get paid to do it. So I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's a good plan so far. <laughs> we'll see other guys get paid to do, do different yeah, things. No, that offensive don't work, coordinators so. get paid too. And they, yep. and there's only one saw, Kyler Murray. Yeah. So there's also, yeah. There's all there's also that. All right, let's get into King Deceptive Speed. Well, the Raiders are definitely copying what the Rams are doing. They're getting smart. They have a wide receiver with deceptive speed, and his name is Hunter Winfro. People mm -hmm. are like, who? Third and Renfro. Yeah, third and Renfro. Yes, down third distance, down, you know to go. <laughs> Cooper Cup, man. Personally, I've been on Cooper Cup since after watching him destroy WSU. I was like, he's gonna be pretty good in the we NFL. Didn't have to bring that up. Mike, I have to. Nope. That's no, I just literally That's said the, we did not have to. I have to be honest with our viewers, our listeners, and let them know that that is when I said, this white boy different. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He, he had like 20 he, yards that game. He yeah. is talented, and I think he's going to be pivotal in the league, and he's done just that. 2019 was his breakout season. If you look at his stats from 2019 to right now, he is supposed to wash that, not to mention seasons one game longer this year. With what Cooper Cup is doing – you mentioned that Matthew Stafford was just missing throws and he just mm -hmm. had a rough game plan. But you did mention Byron Murphy played pretty well. Mm -hmm. 
with that, is there a chance that Cooper has another off day where they're not on the same page? Or do you think, sorry, Chris, Cooper, Matthew Stafford, they're going to be hitting on all cylinders. Good luck with your cornerback situation because the Seahawks just brought in Sidney to come in and start over Trey Flowers, and that didn't work out great. He gave up two touchdowns his first stint out there, and now he has a chance to go. He's going up against the Rams offense, and they do a lot of pre-snap motion. Robert Woods is a, is a problem. Deshaun Jackson can find his way 80 yards down the field for a touchdown. And then you have Cooper Cup. Game plan against Cup. Is there anything the Seahawks can do? Yeah, every time I think now of Deshaun Jackson, I'm like, Deshaun Jackson, still fast. <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> still he will fast. be until he's like 70. Yes. He's going to be playing until yeah. he's 45. Yeah, and he's just going to yes. be running streaks at age 45. <laughs> yeah. Straight down the field, still fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? It's with Cooper. Uh, yeah, and and he had an off game too. Like he was, he dropped a couple of passes as well. Um, I don't really, you don't see that often from him back to back. You don't see it in general, really, against him, but mm-hmm. especially back to back. I think um, the smart game plan would be to act as if he would have the same kind of production that he had been having prior to the Cardinals game and mm-hmm. game plan for him. The problem with that, and it kind of the flip of what we were just talking about with the um, the Rams defense is the flip now with the Rams offense. They have so many complementary receivers now and they can build so many layers on the field. They can clog you up in one side and spring a guy on the other side. They can, they're throwing the ball downfield from a variety of, of looks at this point. Oh, Jared uh, Goff's gone. Okay. Yeah, letting it fly <laughs> over they're like, okay, start there and move forward. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and they've, they've got guys who are, uh, they've got three guys on the roster who are running a full route tree in terms of Van Jefferson, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. They're sending all of those guys on deep routes. They're sending them on intermediates. They're sending them on short stuff. They're, they're pulling Cooper out of the backfield. Robert Woods is going on sweeps and out of the backfield. Like it's crazy over there. Some and they the all can block there. for the most and part. And they all too. block. Yeah, yeah. And all these things. And, and like Cooper cup was like matched one-on-one with Robert Quinn and blocked him out of the play. Like it wow. just, it, it just was, yeah. On that Van Jefferson touchdown, it just was it, it, when that's when things are clicking. So it, of course, all of, a lot of it depends on the quarterback, but in terms of the layers they're building, I think that that structure is by nature going to give teams a hard time because it's like, who do you pick at that point? Yeah, right, and these guys like... can also run after the catch, and they're yeah. consistent. Yeah. Oh, so uh, outside of the I, – I still do think in terms of the passing game specifically, that was an outlier. Um, you know, not super sure defensively if that was an outlier <laughs> yet. We'll have to see. But uh, in terms of the passing game, I do think that was an outlier, and I think the interesting thing was you did not see them switch to small ball sort of conservative play. You saw them keep going uh, down the field. Now, I do think they should have uh, not abandoned the run as early as they did um, because at one point the run was acquiring more efficient yards per sort of play than the pass was, and they just went all pass, which is not great. But um, <laughs> other than that, like I, I really – the way that you can see it in the design, they went out for a reason and got complementary receivers um, and started building different elements, particularly into Van Jefferson's plan – um, for his development plan and, and expanded that as well. And so now you've got three guys who just sort of, uh, and I keep bringing up like solar system references, but they sort of or- <laughs> orbit around science rules. And I just sort of, yes. they sort of like orbit around Matthew Stafford and do a lot of different things. And then every once in a while, there's like a solar flare and that's Deshaun Jackson streaking downfield. God, that um, was good. 
Yeah. You're on point. Yeah, so no, sometimes I can pull it together. I yeah, didn't do well in science, but I got that. That was amazing. She <laughs> yeah. said every time, every now and then you get a solar flare and that's the Sean Jackson for six. I love it. I'm no, I, I, yeah, with I, you. I like that. I like that. Are we going to see... Oh, I'm trying to think of one now, my damn self. What? You trying to make a science reference? Don't I get a little get that. I was, tr- I was really trying to, especially with that new China route, because I'm digging it. Is that I the love- name of the Ocho. Hunter Renfro? Is that Ocho. the Hunter Renfro? It, so, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, it, in Jordan's story that she has posted now in The Athletic, it's all about Cooper Cup, and then it talks about his lovely new route called the Ocho. And on the broadcast, they call it the China route. It's added to the China route, I should say, but the Rams yes. called the Ocho. What are the chances that we see that route in the game on Thursday night? Yeah, they got to get to the red area first, I think, right? Like, I'm still after after last week. No, I think, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pull it out. They've been, I know they worked on a, there's a couple of things that they haven't Uh run yet that I saw Uh in training camp that I think uh, will be interesting. And um, I just love that that, that, that whole con, like him design, like it's just football, how it's supposed to be, right? Drop a play in the dirt and go run it. Like, that's just what I loved about it was, um, they just are, are that, that's kind of what I said at the beginning of the podcast. It's like, they're not saying no to stuff. They're asking why not. And mm. I think, um, that's, that's really important. And, um, I also loved how that name of it kind of took on a life of its own too, because now when they refer to it, they're like, they'll go like the Ocho cause duck, dive, dip, dodge, dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. You do that on the route and it's a dodgeball reference. And oh, I so, love that. yeah, so I, I was like, these guys are having a lot of fun with that stuff. And I think that's a sort of an important, like sort of glimpse into that creative process and how much, um, how much fun they can have with this stuff. Is there a relationship between Hunter and Cooper? Did they talk previous you just accent? If all the white receivers know each other, you just <laughs> accent? well, that's, I'm pretty sure. Yes. No, because Throw some more in there. What's the, no, no, no. Scotty Miller. No, the reason why is because <laughs> Cooper got that route from the homie Hunter. So I wanted to see oh, if, did? Yeah, okay. if there was any, there is ran... some debate on that. I will oh, say there is yeah. some debate. Okay. There's well, some debate on that. I, that is my, uh, fair understanding and assessment, but I do believe that in all of these league circles, players, it's such a copycat league and coaches yep. do this too. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, no, you thought it. I thought of this. No, you thought of it. No, I thought of it. No, you thought of it. And I do know that they, uh, they certainly had a, a time where it existed in the same space okay. uh, during Raiders Rams joint practices. So that much I do know. The universe did not implode <laughs> with two China routes <laughs> in the same space. Uh, so we have that going for us as a society, I guess. All right, China, the Ocho. It's like a quadruple move. That's but tough. That, to but that stuff comes out. That language comes out of the um. The Shanahan playbook too. So okay. if you're gonna really trace, uh, maybe this is this will be my off-season deep dive. Is who really invented Came, this? Ooh. Where did this really come from? Like the the uh, the family tree. Uh, no pun in, no pun intended for <laughs> route tree, but like the family tree of uh, the genealogy of where this route really came from. Yeah, it's I a like good route. That. Yeah, someone should let uh twenty four on the Bucks know where it came from. <laughs> was that Carlton Davis? Boy, he was lost. Yeah, Cooper he said, Cup. What yeah. are you doing? Oh, you're scoring a touchdown. <laughs> who oh did, my who bad. Did Hunter do it. Hunter did someone bad. A good corner. He did it. It's a good he, corner. What's a good corner on the Dolphins' name? Oh, Xavier Rhodes. Oh, Xavier Rhodes. No, no, no. Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard. Yeah, yeah, Howard. Yeah, yeah. There we, we go. Had the same thought. Yeah. He, he got Sorry, he Jordan. Got, did bad. <laughs> no, I, I kept the same thing as you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Renfro. Renfro did him. That's the first time I seen the route in the game. And I was like, good God. What week is that? one. He said, <laughs> that was week some, Yeah. Week one. Because Jordan put it in her story. And I was like, that's right. And yeah, then two was, weeks later, Cooper was like, I'm going to do it as well. Yeah. No, that's, that's, <laughs> let, let's stay with King Deceptive Speed here for our over under. 
Um, let's see. What do we got? What do we got the over-under at? We're going to go with Cooper Cup receiving yards over-under 89 and a half. What do you got for Cooper on Thursday night? King Deceptive you know, Speed. I will take the over, but not by oh. much. I'll say 90 because oh, it won't, it won't right. be by much. The yeah, right. Delight just, there. just over. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably averaging a little bit more than that this year. But he I bet- was before yesterday. It was 120 per game. Jeez. Probably probably uh lower now obviously. goodness 120 god but he i know that pace of course though. not like, but if he averaged 89 and a half that would probably lead the league oh, he was I, on pace for 2000 i think 2200 <laughs> i was like nah. yeah <laughs> and no, i and i accidentally not. typed in 16 games instead of 17 when oh. i was calculating that so i was like yeah that's probably not gonna happen you know so. i should know because i have him in fantasy and i'm just destroying everyone right now so yeah i could imagine Shout out yeah are you the 7 a.m. in a bridal path team? Yeah, yeah man. Shout That's out to you. Yeah, come on. Oh, damn. Yeah, you are. I'm bad in that league. I didn't know I didn't. It doesn't say whose names is who. I didn't know that was. You know, I'm bad in that league. Uh, all right. That's, uh, you know, hold on real quick. Uh, extrapolating numbers. Did you guys see the tweet from the Cardinals after Chandler had five sacks in week one? I did. It was not. like he's on pace for whatever 17 oh, it times was five is. sacks or something. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> that crazy. Was kind of funny. I suck at math, but you get the point. Yeah, I don't know what 17 times five is off the top of my head, but there was like that's how many sacks he's on pace for. I thought that ridiculous. Was really, that was that that was really funny. All right, this is Jordan's favorite part of the show. It's the ending of the show We're two and where two. we just kind of cyber bully Jordan into making a pick. <laughs> I hate because, doing that. Because it is our show and she's the guest and we're not giving her a choice. So we got the line. Give us the line real quick. Well, it gives Jordan the time line. to think of, her, think of her excuse for not making a pick. Ain't no excuse. Um, she knows the drill. No, no, we know. <laughs> I would guess. I always come into this hoping Ram, you guys forget. You never What? Do. We never forget. It's Rams <laughs> minus two and a half. Wow, Rams are a road favorite in a divisional game on a short week coming off of a loss. All right, who you got? What's the over-under to? Over-under is 50, 54 and a half. Four and a half. All right, Jordan, oh, what wow. you got? Um, I'm going to go Rams. Of course. All right. <laughs> I think I, the, I picked the Seahawks a couple you did. of times. I think you, you picked the Seahawks in the last time they played. Know. Yeah, let your <laughs> audience know. I don't know. There's no way you were picking <laughs> John Wofford. <laughs> Chris, you better tell him the truth. <laughs> yeah. You remember John Wofford? Uh, let's not say. Yeah. We don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Seahawks lost that game, by the way. Well, last time I saw him, he was in an ambulance. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's true as I'm well. sure he got carted out of there. Um, all right. So, which, Rams, give us a score. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to do uh, Rams 34. Uh, Seahawks twenty eight. That's cool. definitely taking the over. All right. Uh, yeah, that is. And, and the right. over. Yes. So wow. our beat, this is the two and two on the screen here. There are beat rides are two and two. Two and two. You got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is anybody correct right. in picking the team they cover? Actually, so far I don't think <laughs> no, so. No, everyone's been wrong because Barrels picked the run Niners to win. They lost. Ben picked the Seahawks to win. And the, the Titans, Titans won. won. And then for the Vikings, actually. You oh, know, Chad, Chad picked, the Vikings. picked the Vikings. Chad, he was correct. Chad, shot the Chad Graff. He picked the Vikings. So and then Stephen Holder picked the Colts, and then the Colts uh, stuck up because joint. Carson Wentz. Stephen Stephen Holder thought he was just going to have a nice normal year. Nope. Oh no, then, they came with yeah. the COVID. Uh, yeah, no, the, the, a million injuries to all the good players. Oh, Starting yeah. off zero and three. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're bad. All right, so we got Jordan on the record there. There we go. We will not. We promise. Kicking we and screaming. We you will not do what the Chargers apparently did to our expert picks and just use that after the game. <laughs> Hopefully the Seahawks don't find this. I do know that in the PR staff, they listen to the pod. So who well, knows? They won't, maybe they won't get to the end <laughs> to see. Who knows? I will just 
Uh, we don't. I'm not gonna do no, that. No, we could tweet out the as a like as a, as oh, a teaser. Definitely just the prediction. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I always don't do that because I always pick with respect. I always. Yes. I don't. I'm not really a trash talker. I always pick with respect to the effort and attitude of everybody on the field that day. <laughs> that's my best Sean McVay impression. Yes. No, that, no, that's good. That was that, that was very excellent. That was very coach speak. I'm willing to trash some <laughs> other teams a little bit. A little bit more here, like uh, I, I watched a little bit of Cardinals Jaguars, and I was like, "Good God, this is." Who's probably the would tra- I probably would trash the Jaguars if, if the opportunity presented itself. Uh, yeah, their yeah, their coach is getting lap dances instead of riding home with the team. They got some some problems. Uh, they, got, they have deeper <laughs> issues than who's starting at corner for them. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, they do. All right, Jordan, before we get you out of here, you got anything coming up you want to plug? Even if it's just some game day coverage. This is coming out Wednesday, so anything this week you want to plug for our Seahawks fans? Yeah, I actually uh, really want to plug uh, my colleague Michael Sean Dugar's work over at oh, the Athletic she Seattle. It. I got she did to. It. She was waiting. <laughs> yeah, she no, was she waiting. Said, <laughs> I walked into that. I walked into that. I did. Uh, but but in all seriousness, I know every time these two teams match up, Mike and I uh, have the best time on game day. We uh, really try to get the insights going. I always have the best time on this podcast. Um, going to have to return the favor at some point. We recorded a terrible time. Uh, the Eleven Personnel podcast. Um, it's usually like uh, early on Mondays, which is awful, awful. It, it's it's the worst. So yeah, we try tough. not to force people to do that. But uh, we'll def- definitely have to return the favor here on 11 Personnel. Um, but otherwise, make sure that uh, you guys are following Mike's work. If you're listening to this, you definitely mm-hmm. already are. Oh, yeah. can't, say, can't say enough good things about it. Uh, and I just like watching him uh, shake his head over there and, <laughs> and try to defer um, how does it feel? So. No, it's it's fine. It's I walked into that. That's okay. That's good. That's, yeah, let's good. walk right into yeah, it. Yeah, no, I did. I, I set myself up for that. It's okay. But that is that is Jordan Rodriguez. Our this is podcast appearance number eighty-seven million. It feels like we're looking forward to more, especially if one of them is again previewing a playoff matchup. Make sure you go follow all of her work. She does a good job explaining how the Rams stink and how they perform and why everything happens the way it does for that team, which is really hard to do given NFL access. And Jordan does a good job. Facts. So, Speaking of 87 million, since we nerded out on science, before you go, Jordan, how far is the Earth to the sun? What? Uh, I'm going to Google it. Whatever distance, whatever distance Kyler Murray was from the Rams <laughs> pass record. Good answer. <laughs> I guess that was 93 million miles away. All righty then. Oh, it's in kilometers. I don't know how to convert that. All right. Dang, we should... Mike, just type in miles, G. I don't <laughs> Bro, all I did was Google how far is Earth from the sun. I don't just bro. type in miles. You see, I didn't shout out my science teacher, right? <laughs> okay, I well. shouted out my English teacher. <laughs> my science teacher kicked me out. I, that was not there. Right. You have it. We're gonna, we're gonna a sign scientific man to man featuring Jordan. Thank Broadway. you, Jordan. Are you are you coming up to Seattle? <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. I fly out uh, Wednesday morning, so I'll see you guys soon. I'm very excited. All right, that's this is the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. If you already got this far into the episode, you know who we are. You know where to follow us. Just make sure you're listening or you're watching on YouTube. Even if you listen on Spotify, just go subscribe on YouTube anyway. Yes, we're helps us there. out. Trying to get to a thousand, so almost. we can start doing fancy. Chris can start doing fancy stuff. Shouldn't say weeks. I don't know how to do anything with any <laughs> of the production part. So please do that. We appreciate the love. We will catch you guys after the game on Thursday night. Wow.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.